Hi, and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. My name is Mary Jo McGuire, owner of MJ Nutrition. I have a degree and master's in nutritional science, and I'm studying to be a nutritional therapist also. I work with women every day who want to lose weight, improve their relationship with food, hack their hormones, regulate their cycle, restore their periods, learn about nutrition for hormonal balance, help women come off the pill, and lots more. This podcast will be a place to talk about all things female health related, from periods, the pill, weight loss, diets, fertility, acne, PMS, and lots, lots more. I hope this platform to be educational and empowering so women can take charge of their health, their hormones, so they can feel and look their best at all stages. Hi, and welcome to episode 15 of the Female Health Podcast. I'm Mary Jo, your host for MJ Nutrition, where you can find me on Instagram. And if you're a regular listener now, you know I this podcast is all about female health and chatting about like things such as pill, periods, PCOS, PMS, um, and other hormonal issues and other female health issues as well. So there's various different topics um, that will be covered and have been covered so far. Um, from the intro, I have PCOS. So I work with a lot with a lot of PCOS clients and um, because I've managed my own PCOS through diet and lifestyle. And I also had a thyroid issue called Graves disease. And um, so I have my fair share of experience um, when it comes to hormonal issues and managing them. And I can say right now that I'm all good. Um, but yeah, there are times that like I'm have to watch myself and mind myself so I'm very conscious of the impact of nutrition lifestyle and um some key supplements that can come into effect as well um but this episode is going to be it probably be a short enough one I um put up a question box on my Instagram um and I got a, a good few questions coming in so the ones that I'm going to cover um a few that kind of um crossed over like so had similar themes and um hopefully this will help a lot of other people that uh, even if you didn't ask a question and um, they're quite and uh, they're good questions so I'm hoping that um, you will get some benefit from them so the first question came in from Anya and her question was how to balance exercising and getting your period back exercise is the only thing keeping me sane during lockdown so this is actually something I am seeing a lot of lately and um, so there's a there's something called hypothalamic amenorrhea where basically um your hypothalamus has decided to um stop signaling your pituitary gland and your ovaries to make its own hormones anymore because it perceives the body to be in a state of stress when this happens you don't get a cycle or a period for um longer than six months you have what's called hypothalamic amenorrhea so it's basically loss of your cycle for six months or more so I've been seeing this quite a lot lately and um I'm working with a good few clients who have it at the moment um and I've been chatting about it to other um coaches um my friend Orla Swan who is a health one me and her would have really good conversations about these topics and she's seeing it a lot lately too and our approach is both similar we have the same um approach towards helping a client who has this so as it's the body is perceiving it to be under stress the first thing you need to do is tell the body that you're not stressed anymore so your hypothalamus is like your command center telling all your other um, endocrine glands and what hormones needs to be made basically that's it very simply but um but when your hypothalamus perceives that it's under stress it won't make luteinizing hormone or um it won't 
sorry, signal luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulation hormone to make estrogen, um, which will give rise to ovulation and then you won't make progesterone and you just don't get a cycle basically. So what you need to do or what we need to do here is to try and signal to the hypothalamus in the brain that you're feeling safe because if the body is not feeling safe, it is not going to be feel in a position to reproduce and that is able to have a healthy pregnancy. And that ultimately what is what it comes down to. Um, so even if your goal is not to get pregnant, it's to say the body perceives it at the same way because without ovulation, you can't get pregnant and without ovulation, you can't get a period. So it's, it's perceived as the same thing. So when it comes then to running, running is, um, it's a funny one. And it's unfortunately with a lot of women who run a lot and use it um, as their main form of exercise. And if they are not getting a period, it's one of those things that can be a factor in why they are not getting a regular cycle. So the body can perceive running as a stress on the body um, or the hypothalamus can perceive that as stressful. In addition, if you're running and not fueling yourself correctly and not eating enough calories and not eating enough carbohydrates, this can further fuel um, this kind of stress on the body. And also if other issues are going on, say, for example, you're not sleeping very well, if there's psychological stressors such as, you know, family issues or relationship issues. And these are also added stresses. But the main stress when it comes to the hypothalamus, like shutting down, essentially, is not eating enough and doing too much exercise. So. I suppose you don't have to not exercise when it comes to, um, you know, regulating your cycle if you have hypothalamic amenorrhea, but looking at the frequency that you're doing and also looking at the intensity that you're doing. So you're saying that it keeps you sane during lockdown. So like, of course, it's really important to have an outlet right now and to be doing something that gives you kind of a sense of, I suppose, purpose and a bit of meaning and joy. That's really, really important. But also looking, though, is considering is it actually benefiting your your other goal, which is getting your cycle back. So it's kind of um, counterintuitive. So definitely looking at maybe reducing. So say, for example, you're running seven days a week really looking at tailoring that back maybe to four days a week and instead of trying to reach you know a personal best and like absolutely trashing it out and really pounding on the pavement and putting your body under a, a, a big amount of pressure consider tailoring that back to um reducing that freak that intensity and maybe reaching for 60 to 70 percent intensity instead of 100 percent and even though small changes can make a difference and reduce the stress load on the body figuring out why you are running what is it getting for you um is it to achieve a certain um body size um what what is the purpose behind the run i suppose I know you're saying it gives you an outlet. Is there any other ways that you can get an outlet aside from running every day? What other things can relieve stress for you? Um, what else can bring joy to your life right now? Um, would baking be helpful? Would um, having you know, a Zoom night with friends. I know Zoom days, I wish they were over, but like if they could add a bit of fun on like, you know, during the week or have something to look forward to. Um, trying to identify what is the run actually doing for you and what you're getting from it so 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 often we do things now in autopilot where you run because you've always run but why do you run what is it actually bringing to your life what are you getting from it and um, and you might may find that 
what you used to get from it is no longer there anymore. Uh, it could be just something you turn to because it's what you think you should be doing. Um, and yes, it can be a stress relief for you. Absolutely. But as I say, look at other ways of getting some stress relief as well. That could be beneficial not to be relying on one sole thing for stress relief or as an outlet. That goes for anything. It's, it's important not to rely on one thing or to have one thing in your toolbox to relieve your stress. It's like the same for someone who emotionally eats Um if they're constantly turning to food as their tool for soothing their emotions, that's when the behavior becomes kind of destructive. There's nothing wrong with having food to comfort you sometimes. And there's nothing wrong going for a run to relieve your stress. But if it's the only thing that you have, that's when it can become an issue because it's like you're doing something in excess or in extremes. So what I would say to you is to look at the amount that you're doing, the frequency, also the reasons behind it. What is it getting for you? Uh, what's your intentions behind it? And um, bringing in some um, mindful practices, um, even meditations, doing some deep breath work, journaling, and uh, things like that can be really, really helpful. Journaling is really great because it brings some awareness um, to yourself and you might find out more about what running is getting for you. Uh, also make sure you're eating enough calories and um, so ensure that you're not doing a low carb diet by any means ensure you, that you're eating enough carbohydrates and um, ask yourself do you feel satisfied do you feel nourished every day from what you're eating and um, ensure like you're you're eating enough calories to support um your current not just your your current weight at the moment weight at the moment but also the fact that you haven't got your period and your, your cycle isn't a, isn't regular right now you actually need extra calories your, your your loss of cycle means that your body's under more stress so you need to add, replenish that stress as well as your current basic calorie requirements so you're looking at adding on an extra at least like ideally if you've got hypothalamic amenorrhea you're eating around two and a half thousand calories and completely lowering your exercise load then that may not be sustainable for you to lower your exercise load but at least be eating enough food to keep you going and and to support your uh, your training also maybe considering changing your exercise style from hit or running to maybe more like um slower paced yoga or pilates and maybe focus on a bit more resistance work rather than um really fast-paced intense training like the body perceives running as you're like running from a bear that you're in danger again that's signaling to your hypothalamus that shut down what the hell are you doing to me i need to like this girl i cannot have a baby right now you're not going to ovulate then and you're not going to get pregnant it just perceives that you're in a state of danger so hopefully that um has explained and helped you a little bit it's a tricky one it's like it's very easy to say what you need to do but it's it's on you to do the hard work and it's a journey because it's not as simple as eat this and stop moving as much um and eat more it's a bit it's, it's more complicated because you have reasons for your own personal beliefs or whatever why you're running why you need to eat certain amount of calories and there's a mindset shift that needs to be done there so um yeah i leave that with you to think about um and there is definitely uh, resources out there that can support you if there's any um issues in terms of eating disorders or like your behaviors around that um body wise is a really good resource but um again 
I, I this is just me putting out information for everyone who um not this may not be relevant to you at all and that's what I'm trying to say but like this is just um eating disorders can are associated with uh, or hypothalamic amenorrhea and eating disorders run um together quite a lot so I um, just thought it'd be important to say that but this may not be relevant to um this particular person who's asked that question but just thought it'd be worth mentioning that also um but yeah you can seek support if you are you know going through a time where you feel you can't make these changes and you're one like like stopping running and you figure that there's something else going on uh, it could be something to consider speaking with someone as well like a therapist um because as a nutritionist i can advise you on how to eat what to eat and maybe get you thinking about your mindset around it but if there's other issues going on speaking to a therapist and um, maybe something that also helps you as well so i'm going to move on to the next question and um I'll just get it here now. So this question came in, trying to conceive ways to boost ovulation. So this is a good question. Um, I work with a number of clients who are trying to conceive and uh, support their fertility journey. So I wouldn't say boost ovulation. I'd be more looking at ways to support ovulation and considering maybe um, whether you are ovulating or not. And if you are, that's really good. Um, if you're not, then figuring out why you're not ovulating so it's kind of similar to the um previous question and um, because stress um it always comes back to stress but stress impedes ovulation so again your hypothalamus is like hell no i am not ready to have a baby right now so it just shuts down ovulation and doesn't make those hormones that are required for you to ovulate and then to have a baby so really pairing it back and seeing where your stresses are in your life and um, stress does not have to be I keep saying this like really traumatic it can be just the current situation that we're in like I've seen so many women's periods change in lockdown since it started last year due to the impacts of stress on the female cycle and this and of course is going to affect your ability to conceive as well to conceive as well so really looking at your your stress level stress as I say, shuts down the hippocampus, um, yes, the hippocampus, hippocampus, but also your hypothalamus. And it also raises your stress hormone cortisol, which in turn suppresses ovulation, raises your blood sugars, steals protein away from muscles and um, impairs your immune system as well. So it has a, a massive knock-on effect. And if all of these areas aren't working, your, your body is just perceiving it, perceiving it to be in a state of danger. So it's shutting down ovulation again. So um. I'd highly recommend looking at stress levels before anything, considering what I need to do in terms of supplements and things like that. So often it's just taking it easy, being easy on yourself, not expecting too much from yourself, bringing in some mindful practices like journaling, like meditation, breath work, um, minding your content on social media. Like, well, who are you following? Are you following people that maybe are not promoting a message that you need to hear right now? Um, you know, are you around negative people and um, making sure that your circle is positive and being supportive for your needs and um, things like that are really, really important. And just not being hard on yourself. I think a lot we tend to be so, so hard on ourselves and this has a knock on effect on how our bodies rate respond. Um, so journaling, being grateful, writing in good things about yourself, telling yourself what's good about yourself today. Um, I know this might seem like, well, how is this helping me in trying to conceive? But 
if we're being hard on ourselves and being negative and not being surrounded with positive people and our social media is all about looking a certain way and what we should be doing um, all the time, all of this is having an impact on our the way our brain is perceiving things. And again, we perceive this as stressful and we our stress hormones are then elevated and it has a knock-on effect on your reproductive system. So really considering um those areas of your life ensure that you are if you are not ovulating there may be something else going on so it's important to consider that so is it pcos um have you have you had pcos getting bloods done for that and um, so getting your um blood sugars levels measured getting your sex hormones adrenal hormones all looking at all of those and um, thyroid as well is really important to consider when it comes to um trying to conceive and have the ovulation and an ovulation regularly so getting your thyroid bloods done too um, and there are specific ranges that are important there as well like especially when trying to conceive um so like figuring out if you're not ovulating why are you not ovulating that would be my next step when you figure out why you're not ovulating so for example if it's pcos then you can start from there and managing the pcos and what type of pcos you have if it's um you're not eating enough and you're stressed uh, it could be that your hypothalamus is um like in the previous question your um your cycle is not there because you're you're so so stressed and again then you can treat that and manage that more effectively. And um, if it's thyroid issues, perhaps you need to go on altroxin and the medication for um, thyroid hormones and regulating your thyroid. So when you figure out maybe what's stopping you from ovulating, it can make it a lot more easy to manage it. Um, and sometimes simply it can just be, there, there may be no issues with your bloods. It could be just the stress level. So, uh, but I'd certainly get bloods uh, measured if you haven't got them done already and uh, to maybe establish why you're not ovulating. Um, but yeah, like some things to ensure if you're not, if, if you know, eating enough again is a really important one. Uh, carbohydrates are really, really important for um, signaling to the hypothalamus that you feel safe and nourished and healthy fats. They make your sex hormones and that's where we store our sex hormones. So it's really important that you're eating fats and you're not on a low fat or low carbohydrate diet and uh, that you're not exercising too intensely, but you're also moving your body in a nice way. And um, so there are a few things to consider there is different supplements that you can take like vitamin d is recommended for i suppose nearly everything at this stage but again it is thought to support um healthy fertility and um, mediterranean style diet so one that is high in fiber legumes pulses nuts seeds healthy fats complex carbohydrates um that would be considered to be supportive of fertility as well so uh, they're on a general level things that you may want to consider but I suppose you know figuring out the reason why you're not ovulating that would be important if you are ovulating actually it's important to note that you may not be making enough progesterone and um, progesterone is really important for carrying you and leading you into a healthy pregnancy so again it comes back to stress if you're if you're not making enough progesterone most likely there's a, a bit of stress in the body and um, and stress depletes magnesium so you may need to replenish your magnesium stores and vitamin b6 can help with that too um looking at your sleep as well don't forget sleep it's so often overlooked but it's a very important lifestyle factor to consider uh sleep just restores 
everything in the, in your brain, including the hypothalamus. So it's going to help, you know, keep them stress hormones regulated and support the ovulation as well. So there's a few things there to consider. And I know I've kind of talked a bit about um, different areas, but I suppose figuring out if you are ovulating through managing your, your cycle. So looking at cervical mucus and um, if you really want to be completely accurate and tracking your temperature so after you um ovulate you should have a rise in basal body temperature due to the production of progesterone which supports or which boosts your temperature Um, so you can track that using a basal body thermometer and natural cycles is a good one because it gives it, it um feeds the information into an algorithm and basically tells you when you are um, fertile and non-fertile based on the information that you feed it but that needs to be done for at least three months um so yeah I hope that was helpful for that question and gives you some insight in areas that you could look at um but yeah there are some things you can do but I suppose you're really getting the message there that I'm saying look at your stress levels your stress is a huge huge area to consider and third question I got in from Kira is, is a plant-based diet best for PCOS and hypothyroidism? So I'm going to be the annoying nutritionist here and say it depends because there's no definitive answer when it comes to um, the right type of diet for anything. There are some diets that are more supportive than others, but saying that one diet is healthier than another is not really, um, it's just not really accurate because every single person is individual and has individual needs and so when it comes to a plant-based diet we should all be kind of eating more plant-based anyway so a plant-based diet will have more um legumes and pulses and fruit and vegetables nuts and seeds and all those kind of things they're going to provide you with really beneficial nutrients uh, antioxidants phytochemicals that are going to support all of those things like hypothyroidism and PCOS and be beneficial for that. So leaning towards a more plant-based diet would certainly be beneficial because of the fiber intake and the, as I say, the antioxidants and all the other beneficial nutrients that are in those types of food. So certainly like leaning towards that. Um, Again, what I would say is with the PCOS anyway, figuring out the type of PCOS that you have will really help manage it more effectively so like if it's insulin resistant type PCOS dietary management is hugely important for that type more than any and because you want to be making sure your blood sugar levels are managed and stable because if you have blood sugar levels that are up and down you're going to have like more insulin resistance and more higher insulin levels which again is going to impede your ovulation and is going to raise your androgen levels and cause PCOS type symptoms so um definitely looking at like keeping your blood sugar levels stable by adding in like protein and fiber combinations are very important for keeping blood sugar levels balanced so yes plant-based diet but also in combination with lean proteins and healthy fats as well and but you know like that's again you need to be figure out what type of PCOS you, you have again there's inflammatory and yes inflammatory PCOS so adding more anti-inflammatory foods which comes from plant-based foods as well so you can see that a plant-based diet is certainly going to be beneficial for any type of um PCOS or hypothyroidism but it doesn't mean that that's the thing that's going to fix it for you there's other strategies that need to be implemented in other types of food so it doesn't mean that you can't eat meat or fish because they're actually very beneficial for certain um 
conditions or um like PCOS and hypothyroidism um, it's important to have those um nutrients in your diet too from from animal products as well so again it's again that's based on your your preference of course if you want to go plant-based it doesn't mean you, you aren't going to be able to manage PCOS or hypothyroidism um but it's it's not to say that you can't have meat dairy or fish either or animal products because they are very beneficial too uh, for lots of different reasons so yeah it's basically there's no best diet really it's a combination and it's just a kind of a balanced diet and what works for you as well because a plant-based diet could work so well for you on your genetic makeup and just everything in your lifestyle but it may not work for somebody else with you know and it just really depends so I would just say when it comes to plant-based diets that we should all be leaning towards them because they have loads of nutrients in all those types of foods that are involved that make up a plant-based diet, like fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes, pulses. They're amazing for us because of all the nutrients that they contain. So certainly leaning towards that, that type of diet is something we should all be doing anyway to support hormones and just overall health, you know. Um, so yeah, I think that, I hope that summarizes that uh, question for you and helps you a little bit. Um, but I'm going to leave it there. There were three questions, really good questions. And uh, I hope it helped those who answer the que- who asked the questions and also those who are listening um, to get something from it. I think that overall, the message is to look at your stress levels. I'm seeing it so much with my clients lately, the stress that they're putting themselves under. Um, I don't know what it is, but people are being really hard on themselves right now and expecting a lot of themselves. And like just we are in a pandemic and we're still in it and it's bloody hard. So just go easy on yourselves. Like, honestly, it just we don't need to be achieving everything every single day. Like just like where these expectations are coming from. I don't know but like even considering that like writing out like what where do we why do we expect so much from ourselves where do they come from what do they mean for us does it mean do do we put our value on you know what we achieve every single day we're more than that you know so I really do think um considering these um things as well are really really important like I know I'm a nutritionist but I focus so much on lifestyle as well I just think it's a massive area that cannot be overlooked when it comes to any sort of health issue including hormonal health um but yes I'm gonna leave it there thank you so so much for listening um I also want to say thank you for everyone who's listened so far just up to now feedback has been so great like I'm just delighted with it I'm so glad I started this podcast like I did not think it would be um, where it is now. I'm so grateful for everyone who's listened. Um, and it was a step out of my comfort zone to do this, but I feel I'm aligned with what I should be doing right now. I'm loving it and I'm loving all the conversations that I get to have with people because of it. Yeah, so I'm so grateful for everyone who has listened. Um, I'd be so appreciative if you would subscri- subscribe and leave a review and share this. Um, it would mean so much to me and it just would mean that other people can get to hear too and that the reviews obviously um, bump it up as well so more people can listen. Um, so yeah, thank you again and I'll be back next week with another episode. Take care.